Where can you find hope for the hopeless? Opportunity for transformation. Peace amid life's storms. Only in God's free gift of eternal life. From New York, join us on the Pathway of Hope. do we take our blessings for granted we sometimes don't know the value of what we have until it is gone from us then and only then do we realize how blessed we are it was Steve Shepard who said if our power is shut off as it was in recent times in this beautiful city of New York suddenly we are thankful for electricity if we lose a friend or loved one to the enemy of death, suddenly we discover how much he or she meant to us. If our water becomes too polluted to drink, then suddenly we appreciate having good water. Someone once said that you can consider yourself blessed if you have health and wealth. Speaking of wealth, I could do with some of that right now. The Bible records numerous accounts of people who have had great blessings. When I think of the blessing of health, we think of the woman with the issue of blood who touched Jesus by the hem of his garment and received the blessing of healing. When I think of the blessing of wealth, I think of Job's riches being multiplied after he lost it all. And finally, when I think of the blessing of life, I think of Lazarus, who had the joy and privilege of being resurrected to life by the giver of life, Jesus Christ. Join us now as Dr. Abraham Jules highlights how you can get your blessings and keep them.
God's word has been given to us as a guide and certainly as a means of comfort over the years, but more importantly, God intends for each of us to be blessed. I found a word in the book of Haggai, the first chapter, and I'll read in your hearing verses 2 through 7. These verses form the foundation of everything we shall say this evening. And Haggai says, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, The people say the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages, to put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. I want to bring to you a message tonight, obsessed with being blessed. I invite you to bow your heads with me. Loving Lord, we know that it is your intent to bless your people. We know that your desire for us is good and good only. We pray as this word is brought forth, that the conditions upon which our blessings shall be received and retained will be understood by your people. Thank you for this word and thank you for your love and mercy toward us. In the name of Jesus we pray with joy abundant and thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. As Christians we have a marvelous calling. And we are called to an inheritance that is not only for time but for eternity. God is in the blessing business. And He wants more than anything else for His children to be in right relationship with Him. So that the blessing blockers will not be able to retard their growth and ultimately deter their destiny. Now the book of Haggai gives us a vivid portrayal of the man or woman who receives the blessing and favor of God and in turn gets hold of the secret to keeping the blessings flowing into their lives. So in utter simplicity, Haggai now outlines how God's children can live and walk under God's continual blessing and favor. Yet Haggai also shows the causes and reasons why God's people why God's people lose God's blessing and how they can find their way back in covenant relationship with Him. How precious the promise that God blesses those who walk in faithfulness. He shows favor to those who favor Him. Isn't it a wonderful experience to be in the presence of someone who has the exuberance of Christ about them? I love to be in the company of blessed people. 
you can sense a settled peace about them. A steadiness in them. A spirit-filled attitude. They are simply blessed. You know, no nation was ever so blessed as the nation of Israel. God told them, I picked you out of all of the peoples of the nations. I carried you in my own arms. I found you. I bathed you and I clothed you. But then you turned sour on me. You turned on me committing spiritual adultery. Do you know, ladies and gentlemen, that nations and families and individuals sometimes lose the blessings of God? And Haggai gives three reasons why they forfeit the favor of God. Number one, God's interest is replaced with self-interest. Haggai 1-2 says, This people say, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. The Israelites gave up building the Lord's house in order to build their own homes. Now this scene takes place 68 years after Solomon's temple was destroyed. A remnant had returned to Jerusalem out of Babylonian captivity, specifically to rebuild God's house. And indeed, they laid the foundation of the temple with zeal and excitement. But then they began running into some hard places. Difficult times, discouragements. Do you know, friend of mine, what happens in our lives is this. Whenever we face difficulties and discouragements, it's a way of Satan getting a hold of our lives and turning us back. The devil will use your circumstances to control you if you allow him. Slowly, the Bible says, they lost interest in the work of God. And they said, this just isn't the time. We are having too many problems. I want to suggest to you, ladies and gentlemen, that's what the devil does. We are going through tough economic times in this country. And yeah, may I say around the world. And there are folk who are determined to remain faithful to God in their giving in these difficult times. What the devil does, he says, well, you got to hold on to what you have. Forget God's church. Forget God's house. May I remind you, ladies and gentlemen, we live by faith. And we ought to be faithful stewards of God. Can you say amen, somebody? And you can't beat God giving. No matter how hard you try. The problem with the Israelites in this text was their self-interest had possessed their every thought. Now today, many of us come to God's house and we just sit by. Too busy in our careers and too busy with our families, too busy with our own interests. Some say, someday I'll have time when my mortgage is paid. Then I'll be able to put the Lord's interests first. As soon as I've paid my bills and put aside a little nest egg, then I'll give more time to spiritual matters. Jesus in the book of Revelation says, we are lukewarm giving less and less of our time and our resources to the cause of the kingdom of God. Perhaps at one time in your life, you were filled with zeal for the things of God. You were filled with the Spirit. Christ was your all. Your everything. But now you've got a, a problem. You've become wrapped up in making money, trying to improve your lifestyle. 
and suddenly your interests have overwhelmed the interests of God. It begins very subtly, friends. You have pushed his priorities for you on the back burner. What are the consequences for replacing God's interest with self-interest? God says you're going to pay a high price. Haggai 1, 6 says, You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but nobody is warm. But he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put them in a bag with holes. If God is out of your lineup and your priorities, whatever you do will fall flat. You will fail. Listen to the counsel of our Savior in Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. But, but, but Haggai gives us a second reason why people lose God's blessing and God's favor. That is, they refuse to give up comparing and contrasting. First reason why they lose God's blessing is, God's interest is replaced by self-interest. The second reason is they refuse to give up comparing and contrasting. Verses 12 to 14, the people did fear before the Lord. And they came and did work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. Finally, the people were convicted of their self-interest and returned to working on the temple. As they stood before the foundation of the temple, the walls started going up. But something was wrong. Many of the older people began weeping. Why? Because they had seen the splendor of Solomon's temple. 68 years earlier. And this new one did not measure up. In comparison, it seemed as nothing. They began to talk about past glory. Saying this temple has no ark in it. There is no mercy seat. No cherubim. There is no consuming fire on the altar. No Shekinah glory coming down on the house. After all our hard work, all our sacrifice and obedience, all our putting God's interests first, we don't measure up. A lot of people are giving up because they don't think they will ever measure up. Like the Israelites, they have gone back to God, putting Him first, seeking His will, building His house. But when they look at their lives, they say, I have so little to show for my struggles. I have so little of God's holiness, so little of the glory in my life. Compared to other Christians, I'll never measure up. I'll never have victory. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm convinced this is why so many Christians give up the fight. They compare themselves to other believers and they become discouraged because they feel hopelessly inferior. Haggai showed Israel they were focused on the wrong object. They had lost sight of the fact that God's glory hadn't been drained or depleted. What God has done in the past, He can do it again. God sent this word to them. Chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, He says, I am with you, said the Lord of hosts. Be strong, all ye people of the land, and work, for I am with you. My spirit remaineth among you. Fear ye not. Glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, said the Lord of hosts. 
God was saying to them, you may have thought the glory of the first house was something, but it was nothing compared to the glory that's ahead. You'll have my peace upon you. My glory will flood your soul. (laughs) Just stay in the precious fear of the Lord. Keep going. Keep doing the work of the Lord. No matter how you feel, be strong, for I am with you. God's interest is replaced with self-interest. That will destroy you. Comparing and contrasting will rob you of the blessings of God. But the third reason we lose God's blessing and favor is, number three, the touch of death. Jewish law had said, He that toucheth the dead body of any man shall be unclean seven days. Whosoever toucheth the dead body of any man that is dead and purified not himself, defileth the temple of the Lord. Numbers 19, 11 and 13. Now listen to Haggai's word to Israel. Haggai chapter 2 verses 13 and 14 he says, Then said Haggai, If one that is unclean by a dead body touch any of these, Shall it not be unclean? And the priest answered and said, It shall be unclean. Then answered Haggai and said, So is the people. And so is every work of their hands. And that which they offer is unclean. Now Haggai was saying, If at any point death touches you, or you touch death, you have become defiled. You're unclean. You have defiled the whole body, the temple of God. Now God had imposed these strict laws for health purposes. To protect the people against the spread of contagious diseases. Yet to the Jewish mind, death was always a type of corruption and sin. Even the New Testament ties death to sin. Ephesians 2.1 says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespass and sins. According to Ezra and Nehemiah, the death touching Israel was sensuality and a mixture with the world. Israelite men had lusted after heathen Canaanite women and married them. They had children who didn't even speak the Jewish language. There was an unholy mixture. And may I suggest to you today, ladies and gentlemen, that God is still holding his people to a high and holy and pure standard. When you're thinking about marrying, you ought to think about marrying someone who loves the Lord. I know everybody's interested in Mr. Cute and Miss Pretty. But God is interested not only in the external beauty, but what's on the inside. Beloved, if at any point in your life you have a touch of the world, a tinge of compromise, a desire that is pulling at you, that is a touch of death, and it will cost you the blessing and the favor of God. Haggai posed another question to the people in chapter 2 and verse 12. He says, If one bear holy flesh in the skirt of his garment, and with his skirt to touch bread or pottage or wine or oil or any meat, shall it be holy? And the priest answered and said, It shall be unclean. Now Haggai pictures a priest carrying home a cut of sanctified meat from the altar of sacrifice. The prophet asked, does that holy meat transfer holiness to the garment? Now here is Haggai's point. Being around holy things does not transfer holiness to you. 
These Israelites thought the land itself was holy. So living on the land made them holy. Likewise today, many Christians convince themselves that they are right with God as long as they come to church. They have confused church membership with being a part of the kingdom. They think that through the sanctifying praise and prayers of God's people, somehow the holiness of God would be transferred to them. Yet singing in the choir, doing good works, sitting at the Lord's table, none of these spiritual things in themselves can make you righteous. You can sit in a Holy Ghost filled meeting and soaking all of the blessings of God, but it would not make you holy if death is touching you. On the other hand, the death and corruption of sin are transferable. Sin is a communicable disease. It spreads to everything it touches. If sin is touching you at some point, it begins to spread through your whole body. And if there is something of the world in your heart, if the touch of death is not purified, you are in God's disfavor and all you do is unclean in His sight. But thank God tonight, ladies and gentlemen. This is the bad news how you can lose your blessing. But thank God tonight that He has made provision for the cleansing of every touch of sin. Are you battling a secret sin? Has that sin hindered the flow of God's blessing to you? Do you feel empty, dry, and lonely? Listen to God's word to you tonight. My little children, these things write I unto you, that you may not sin. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins. If we confess our sins, he says, he is faithful and just, to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you want to be clean, run to Jesus. Become faithful once more. Putting God's interests first. Seeking Him with all your heart. Start work again on the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Lord has promised. He says, mark it down on your calendar. God says, from this day, I'm going to favor you. And I'm going to bless you. Somebody wants me to pray for them tonight. Somebody even out looking at this broadcast. You want for God's blessings to rest upon you. You want to be in favor with God. You want Him to bless your life with abundance. You want peace, joy, and happiness. You want contentment in our Savior. At this time, I want to pray for you. You can bow your heads wherever you are as we lift you up before God Almighty. Loving Lord and our Savior, we know above everything else that you want to bless your people. Somebody has had the touch of death in his life. We have compromised. We have allowed the blessing blockers to get in our way. But tonight we want to give you free reign in our lives. Forgive us of our sins. Give us the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. Move upon our hearts and help us to start putting your interests above our own interests. Help us to stop comparing and contrasting. And help us, oh God, to keep our lives pure and clean. Forgive us where we have done wrong and give us overcoming power and becoming power. 
to be more like you. Thank you for the word of God tonight. And we pray that your word will never return unto you void. But someone who needs that word tonight will respond in the affirmative to your call, calling us out of a world of darkness and sin. Thank you, O God, again in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Let everyone say amen. Thanks for watching Pathway of Hope. If you would like to be prayed for or would like to learn more about God's word, please call 1-877-520-HOPE or 1-877-520-4673. You may also watch more of our programs online at www.hope.org pathwayofhope.tv If you would like to make a tax-deductible love gift, please send your gifts to Pathway of Hope at P.O. Box 280704 Queens Village, New York 11428 Thanks for watching Pathway of Hope and may God's blessings be yours today.